You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 90th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes. Hey, this is Matt Allen. <laughs> this is Spencer Howe. I'm in Boston. Where are you guys at? I'm uh, in, I'm in, hey guys, uh, news break already. There are 72 kilometers remaining in the second stage of the tour down under. Adam Hansen currently has a minute 20 second lead on the field. I will keep us updated throughout the recording of the podcast. Back to you, little okay. guy. Man. Uh, Minneapolis. Uh, I'm in Minneapolis. <laughs> Good job. I am. I am in the Midwest. I I am out there. I don't want to announce a vague, where I am. It's a vague, vague Midwest. Yeah, it's just you know I'm out here, cold, miserable, wishing I was I don't back think, home in lovely I don't think, Orlando, Florida. I don't count where you are, Midwest. That's like lower Midwest. I'm in the Midwest. I don't know. Texas is not even part of the Midwest, if you ask me. Texas. Who thinks Texas is part of the Midwest? <laughs> kind of crazy people in Boston are you hanging out with everything everything west of like Philly is the Midwest basically yeah and then there's California <laughs> Midwest and then there's California Texas part of the Midwest <laughs> so Did you hit your head or something on your last mountain bike ride <laughs> so you guys been uh, <laughs> you guys been following all the uh the news uh in the world of track cycling um with the uh track mm-hmm. world cup Finishing up and Mark Cavendish taking fourth overall in the men's omnium. Did you guys see this in Hong Kong? Was this on the top of your radar? No. You it know, was I, not. I was vaguely aware that it was happening. Um, but yeah, I can't say it was near the top of my radar. You know, can we talk real quick? So, so Cavendish is trying to get into the Olympics and it's in the omnium. Yeah, he's not he, in yet. He doesn't have his spot reserved yet. Well, I think that this result probably uh, probably got it for him. But what's crazy is like he's now sacrificing a lot of training time um, for the Omnium uh, and not really uh, out there getting the miles in for the road. But the the amount of Olympic events and cycling on the track is kind of embarrassing. Um, if you if you look at, it. I don't know if you guys took yeah. a look, but um, <laughs> you know, so so on the track. At the Olympics this year, you have the Kirin, which mm-hmm. is the motorcycle go vroom. Really cool, classic event. Um, it's only been on, I think, since 1992, but definitely one of the more entertaining ones. Mm-hmm. You have the men's sprint. Uh-huh. You have the team pursuit. You have our favorite, the team sprint, where um, you know yep. we were really good. And then we you were. have the men's omnium. Now, the men's omnium includes, you know, obviously the scratch race, the individual pursuit, the elimination race the um kilo the flying lap and then the Ugh. points race i thought they got rid of the kilo and then the points race no, well it's they it's, snuck it back in the omnium they snuck it back into the omnium but yeah there what? was a time when the track Why? cycling there's a time when the track cycling um offerings were really cool and exciting like you had the points race you had the madison for a while it's not even in the olympics anymore yeah the poker used, race used to have the kilo <laughs> and now we get the elimination race it's um, pretty sweet that should be a standalone event 
Oh, that would be pretty cool. But oh man, I mean, I'd be so proud to say that I was I was I was, <laughs> I was missing out world champion or something. This oh. is the lamest, lamest um, program of track cycling. I well, mean, come I've got to like, believe it's it's because if you look at UCI accounts and where they make their money, they probably lose so much money just even organizing. Uh, the track events that they're just slowly whittling right. it down well, this until is, it this dies. This is why they need to get rid of the boring ones, like the uh, the individual pursuit and even the oh, team the pursuit. Team sprint. Team sprint. Um, but they need to. They need Can to we just, just say we like the team sprint. We well, like that, it because we, we, like we it excelled at it, at it when we're the only team doing it in Minnesota. I like the team sprint, man. <laughs> those those dudes have legs that are bigger than me. Right, but. Yeah. My point is the Olympics should focus on the NASCAR style, you know, crash them up, exciting races that people like start to respect bike racing. The layman's crash race, the, like the, the Kieran, the, the scratch race. race, the points race. Yes. And um, the Madison, the Madison, obviously. Yeah. And the elimination or the missing out uh, They just cut all the other runs out. We don't no, need a gotta, flying lap. You Are you kidding sprint. me? You, you, well, that's in the Omnium. You need the sprint race. The sprint race that's can be exciting. The Kieran will you be gotta the have, you got you got to have the flying if you're going to do the match sprints. We're not doing those. They weren't on but my you list. Gotta do, oh, the match sprints got to be in They there. can be in the match world champs. They can be in the, you know, everything else, but they don't need to be in the Olympics. That's the big I will show. say this. I will say this. At least there's a woman's Kieran. You yeah. know, like, yeah. like, it's equal on the track. It's equal men to equal women. Like, there's not some messed up rule like some of the Olympic sports. Remember how the women weren't allowed to do ski jumping? You know, like, at least mm-hmm. now it's, like, even. But, man, like why do they dumb it down so much that there are multiple days with nothing on the, you know, like very limited stuff on the track and they're building this giant velodrome that is behind schedule mm-hmm. for, for six days and really not even a full schedule. Like, come on, man, run a 200, like a 200 lap points race. That'd be well, that's, awesome. that's always the big problem is you have to build a velodrome. It has to be indoors. You have to meet all these qualifications and you don't do that many events on it. Um, it makes it tough for, you know, it makes it a tough sell for the sport. So they really should and, make it more exciting or more accessible to the non-cyclist, uh, casual Olympics fan. You know. And uh, can we talk about the amazing? What's so funny, little guy? Yeah, you you asked us if we could talk a couple know, times. This I is know. funny to me. That's that's my segue tonight. It's just it's, hey guys, it's a sweet transition. One of these times I'm going to be like, I just to say no. What's up, with the <laughs> What's up with the United States only getting three people in the, or is it two? Two. The, uh, <laughs> only two people in the men's road the race? Men's. Well, do you, did you, I was going to ask, and I assumed that you would know how this That's less than too. Morocco. That's less than New Zealand. Well, is that because they're, like, in Africa? They're... Like, is Morocco a higher place in the Africa tour and yeah. we're, than we are in the American tour? Yeah, because none of our Sandians? guys go to South America to go race. Yeah, like, this is, not this any is where every <laughs> year <laughs> when Team Mexico comes up and does a tour of California and gets destroyed and everyone laughs at them and asks them why, why are they there and Twitter's a buzz. Um, this is where that pays off, you know, and, like, where we laugh and don't go to the tour of Argentina or whatever and uh, don't get any Olympic See, selections. So isn't this, honestly, like, so we have the same amount of selections as Mexico in this. Isn't this, like, where Chris Horner could be used, right? Like, Chris Horner, America's Most Popular <laughs> Cyclist, we could use him through, like, I mean, he's, what, 44 right now? Mm-hmm. We could use him easily till he's 48 for the next uh, go around. I don't even know where the next uh, Summer Olympics are. <laughs> but, like, like Tokyo? His, like his whole, is it? 
That's right, it is. Like, his whole mission, Chris Farner's entire mission, should be just to go race, like, the tour of, you know, Paraguay or whatever, right. like, in the UCI America schedule. And then, like, when he's 48, we totally snub him on the, uh, <laughs> the Olympics. <laughs> it's like, because we get, like, five, uh, five spots. Uh-huh. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, we... We have one more spot than Guatemala, but we have less than Belarus. That's fair. Well, I mean, in all fairness, Belarus probably has a stronger team. Yeah. <laughs> like, who do you who do you send? Who do you send for the uh, the Olympic road race? Why? You, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it doesn't matter because yeah. there's we have no one that can win it. And I know who I would. It send. just doesn't matter. They're gonna send Taylor Finney. You, know you have to send Taylor Finney. Like Taylor Finney is our best shot to winning. And he can't win it. <laughs> he could. It's, a, it's a, no, but think about the guys who have been really talking up this race and targeting it, like uh, like Aru and Nibali just went and rode the course. Froome's been out there to inspect the course. It's like serious climbers. Hmm. I, it seems like it's a course that's that's swinging more to those kind of guys, or to like uh, so you know Valverde or something. So we send Horner. Yeah, Horner would probably be the best option for us. We won't send him, of course. Over Talansky? Yeah. No, we've Tim, we've had this conversation before. <laughs> you know I'm going to go you with know, Horner every day of the week over Talansky. Just... And I know he had a bad year last year, and he says he's going to have a better year this year. No way. Obviously, we... like, Vodder's just showing him the door. He's got to run. He's got Pierre Roland. Our best Obviously, bet is, is, the, is the TV time kind of guys. If we're not going to win... We should send the, um, uh, you know, oh, the, the Taylor Finney. So Tyler. And, uh, Tyler no, and Taylor. No, Taylor uh, Finney. TNT and, Music Factory. This could work. I've, I'm saying we, I suggest our two, our two picks, Taylor Finney and Dan Martin, the most popular uh, God, American uh, that, that cyclist. Little guy, we walked what? right into that joke. And, you know, here's the thing. Can we just send Taylor yeah. Finney and Tyler Farrar, call it the TNT Dynamite Ooh, squad? Think of the then, marketing. Oh, yes. Guys. Like, this could be, yeah. you know what could be amazing about this? NBC can get behind this. Oh, what? yes. Have you seen pictures of Tyler Farrar at the tour down under? Nope. Like, is nope. the top not back? Oh, oh, I don't even know if it's more of a ponytail. <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking more like, I want to know, like, he's getting very close to, like, living in a van. But like a stylish hipster, he basically in a van lives a in a. He lives in. He lives in a van. He's he's a professional cyclist. He just he, know, it's just a like, really big yeah. van because it's pro yeah. tour. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think that like, <laughs> like, like it's a lifestyle choice at this point. Like I oh, expect I so. him now that like he's a West Coast guy. He's, oh, probably, he's not even. He's West probably Coast. waiting to retire he's, so he can start smoking weed again. He's starting to look. <laughs> he's he's starting to look like he lives in Key West. Like that's how many like. Isn't he from? That's uh, how much he cares. North of Seattle or something. Yeah, but he's like he, up, up near where he, they got that dank, dank weed. He wants to get as close. He wants to get as close to Cuba as possible. It all Man, makes I, sense. I, yeah, I'm all about Tyler Ferrar this year. I'm like Spencer. You convinced me uh, last week. The more I thought about it, that my number two team this year might have to be uh, um, Dimension Data. Now what? I know that's going to hurt your feelings on this because now it's going to be nothing but disasters. <laughs> I was going to say, but... that just dooms them to uh, <laughs> mediocrity yep. for the whole year. Uh, I'm, yep. uh, I'm, oh, guys, I, uh, Do you guys yeah. think that actually, and this, this pains me to say it, that our best chance for a decent result, certainly not the win, but a decent result at the Olympics could be um, the whiny man himself, TJ Van Garderen? 
Ah, maybe. I mean, if we're talking like guys like Froome and Nibali and Valverde, like what other Americans got a chance of climbing with them? You know, it's uh, sad. Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, this could be an opportunity where we're like, we're not going to win. We don't have a good prospect to win. Let's send some young guys. Let's send some guys that, like, aren't even at the Pro Tour level yet and get them some experience, you know? No, but we did that last time with the mountain biker, and then he's been hurt since. Like, we got to – you got to send your top-level dudes. You got to send Taylor for Taylor Finney. Taylor Finney is our best shot on any one-day race. Maybe, yeah. And, and the yeah, story, like, here's the thing. At the end of the day, NBC has so much power, and I cannot think of a better first-day story in the Olympics, like one of those nice five-minute vignettes – of mm-hmm. Taylor Finney with his amazing father and his story and his Olympic mom. And you talk about Taylor Finney's story of getting taken out by the motorcycle, um, mm-hmm. one of the USA cycling uh, motorcycles at the national championships. And here's a guy that, you know, is pretty close to being back to where he was. And he yeah. still has a decent shot. I think that you got to send Taylor Finney. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'll vote for it. I mean, Sunny. you can send a, a Lawson Craddock or somebody like that as well. You know, there's there's some young climber guys. That's true. That's true. He's a good climber. Or Dombrowski, I guess. If yep. He, he comes along and gets a little better. There's definitely guys on the horizon. Um, who knows? Well, let's get to the uh, more important things. The Lingenberry World Cup of cyclocross. Sané Kant takes the win over Ellen Van Loy and Eva Lechner. Um, of note, Katie Compton started sick in the front row and uh, dropped to 33rd place. But Katie Antonio got a very strong fifth place just yes. behind uh, Carolyn Mining in uh, fourth. So That's awesome. I, we, um, and we'll get to the men's race in a second. And the major takeaway for me, guys, uh, besides seeing Katie Antonio in a battle for fourth place, um, was uh, that course. You know, here's a, a course that mm-hmm. was the Twitter was a buzz. It was the uh, first time venue for a World Cup at uh, Lingenberry Berry. Like I don't even know how to say it, so I'm just gonna say Lincoln Lincolnberries. <laughs> um, uh-huh. That course, uh, it reminded me of something straight out of the United States. Uh, it had that level feel. Cyclocross. It had that feel for sure. No, I don't. I don't see why people were so down on it. It had some sand. I, did I say it had some twists? Down? You did. You said American. <laughs> uh, that's that's everyone in the that's everyone in the U.S.'s code word for they don't like it or it's not tech enough. So I've got yeah. an excuse. That's yeah. why I won't do well today. You know, oh, it's a gross kid. I'm better at like a Euro we race. Now I'm excited because there's this race that came out and the course looked awesome. And then uh, last year we had a, a one year uh, first year race World Cup at uh, Milton Keynes. That didn't happen again this year as a World Cup, but uh, also had a really really cool exciting course and. Yeah, you know, I think tough. there's potential for them to reach out uh, or to expand into new new courses. As as much as I like the traditional ones, you know, like there's a few that are kind of stinkers that could probably. Go. It sounds like it sounds like uh, Milton Keynes may be coming back though, right? Because like, it wasn't Milton Keynes canceled this year because it also coincided with like the rugby world championships or something, and that like the 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 township said that they just couldn't host that many events. Mm. It didn't sound know. like it was. It didn't sound like it was from it being a lack of success it sounded like it was almost too much success kind of hurting it we'll have uh, to uh we'll have to have well, our, our uk listener write in and let us know what actually happened mm-hmm. get our but, um, investigative team on this on the men's side uh matthew vanderpool takes an impressive victory 13 seconds ahead of uh Vut van art and lars vanderhaar at 17 um, kevin Powell and it? tom musen um round out the american podium 
So, yes, I watched it um, from start start to finish. Did you? Lose? Okay, I did. Um, yeah, I just want to say if you just if you just saw the end, I know. Like, if, if usually I just read the a lot of times I just read the results and you'd be like, oh, you know, see how it goes. But just to see how much traffic Vanderpool had to come through, and how amazing it was to watch him yeah. patiently pick his way to the front and like pick five seconds off every lap. And you would think, oh, he's not going to make it. And he then you'd notice they come across the line five seconds, five seconds, hit the front, and straight off the front. It was um, definitely patience um, got him to the front. And because they kept zooming back to him. You know, when you're the world champ, you always have the, the magnet of the television <laughs> looking to see where you are. Yeah. And you're like, oh, he's still back in that like third group. And they'd let the camera pan a little bit longer. So you'd see like Lawrence Sweek off the front. And then you would see others coming up and then you would still see the world champion and you're like does he have it and then he did i mean and the sick tail whip on the flyover and let's <laughs> and not the, forget the, the wheelie uh, the wheelie and he held that oh, wheelie man. for a while um, he's just so good right now is he coming I mean, into like is he trying to go like the peter uh, Sagan route or do you think it's just because he's a kid I think he's already. I think he's at Peter this, Sagan level. Yeah, this in is the, the world of cyclocross. This is the millennial generation coming into a traditional sport and just kicking it in the ass and telling it to get with the times and deal with it. You know, it's kind of Have funny. We, I think everybody. I don't think is anybody actually complaining about the way Vanderpool. I have no uh, idea. Like finished because I, I just feel There's like it's be. nothing but love and excitement. Like the way he handles a bike. The way if, he almost looks like slightly he, out of control yeah. all the time. If he didn't have the last back. name Vanderpool, there might be more complaining. But uh, since he does, I think he gets a pass a little bit. Yeah, since he's like cycling royalty. There's some crazy. Uh, did you, did you guys remember that handles? his grandpa is Polander? I'm saying his name wrong, but Raymond Polander. I totally forgot that his oh. that was his grandpa. I knew he was yeah. a Vanderpool, but that that I forgot that his grandpa, you know, finished second in the tour twice and podium didn't like every other single race that ever existed on the road i totally forgot that and then there's a little cycling news article the other day i was like oh yeah so he's got he's got parent stock that's ridiculous his brother is a decent pro as it is you know you like forget that his brother is like a decent cycle crosser and i mean we'd probably be like talking about him if meth wasn't around you yeah. know in, yeah. in vanderpool's like uh handling to go back to that a little bit guy a little yeah. guy was that like i remember him coming up one of these crazy hills at uh, at the course, nothing super tech, but there was definitely a rut um, leading up into this hill. And he was carrying so much speed into that that he was on the, the razor's edge of falling over and crashing out of the race. Yeah. And he kept it up. And then also like when he does those crazy like dismounts and sometimes he just throws that bike like out there when he's running with it. Like it just holds <laughs> yeah. on to it from the stem against all like intuition of what, you're supposed to do and then he still jumps back on i mean it's just hard to explain you know what i'm talking about when he holds on to the stem yeah. and the sort of whips wheel. the bike around yeah, he doesn't like, have like that he doesn't in any way have the the form that uh people will will, will tell you you have to have well yeah he's did like you notice who else who else kind of has that form is the confidence guy the yeah. venturini or whatever venturini, i was about to he, say and he's been rocking the top 10 which has been awesome one because he's french too he's on confidence when was the last time they got a top 10 in anything <laughs> and 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 it and it's it's a new guy and it's great to see somebody new suddenly just like pop back in the sport like obviously he was a really good junior and uh 
But yeah, he he sort of rides kind of in the same style. Obviously, he's not at the level of Vanderpool right now, but like he kind of whips the bike around and is a little casual with it. It's kind of fun to watch. So, um, you know, and we've talked about this in the past. There's like these new teams, the Marlux uh, Napoleon Games uh, team. Do you guys know what Napoleon Games are? It's a, it's like a online gaming thing, isn't it? I'm I'm really hoping it's like a, a Magic the Gathering type of okay. thing. I was I was hoping that it was like Strategio, right? Like like kind of <laughs> like some like like oh you're Napoleon and you're trying to take over the world and then they were trying to like expand into the cyclocross market. But I did just Google it and sadly it is just another online uh, casino games and sports betting. Wait, so uh, it's their sports their casino isn't Golden Palace? They're a casino not anymore. too. Now you got Napoleon well, they're not games. a sponsor anymore, but they they were a casino, right? It's yep. a yeah, I guess. So, anyways, there you go. Um, what is what is Vanderpool's the BKCK whatever? Aren't they like? Uh, that's probably just like a. I mean, that's probably some kind of like any team uh, sponsored from Netherlands or Belgium is probably flooring, or some kind of industrial. I uh, imagine it's like work boots and like forklifts. It's <laughs> a good bet. If, if so, I was a guy in a warehouse, I know it would inspire you know, me to, to buy a certain forklift. Would be like Vanderpool whipping a wheelie down the finishing straight. I'd be like, I'm buying that forklift. Hey, how about that course though with the um, the highway dividers? Uh, in that formed like a crazy like serpentine. I mean that was I like that. that was straight like out that. of like every local cross race. And that's like my only fear is that this course justifies all of the garbage that we have to ride in every week. Like it would be nice to like have to do something like this once a week or once a once a season, kind of like how it is with this uh, schedule. But wait, man, so wait, this was you... like this reminded me of every cross race I've ever you... done. You don't like, like that, but do you like there's a race early in the year um, somewhere in Belgium where it goes through like the shipping yard of like a building. Oh, that's supply great. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. And they, and they, the they, forklifts they, are out. they line it yeah. with like pallets full oh, yeah. of like sand. You, they, you're okay with that. Absolutely. But you're not okay with the this. What if this was actually like this race was thrown no, 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 at like the, the local guy. municipal uh, uh, like, okay. roadways department? I'm okay with the, uh, the, the use of the highway dividers. That's not my problem. Was that it was like the the 180, 180, 180, long straightaway, 180, 180, crazy kind of 180, almost pinwheel through a gazebo, like like it reminded me of every city park. Almost that, pinwheel. Like it wasn't almost pinwheel through the gazebo. Like it was like, well, hey, there's a gazebo, let's ride through it. <laughs> like, here's what like, here's <laughs> what I like is that that's still Vanderpool one. Like the day before, he did a little race uh, in the Netherlands or something. It was super muddy. There was a huge ditch he was jumping over. Um, and he still won that, too. So he kind of just wins wherever. Uh, the only uh, American to place uh, from his front row start, actually had a decent start, but it went straight into the pits, was Jeremy Powers, uh, finishing three minutes down in 23rd place. Um, so Powers was there. Uh, apparently uh, um, his uh, rival, Stephen Hyde, was sick, so he did not take to the start line. So yep. he will be there next week where they return to the final World Cup of the year, which is Hoogerhide, before going to the World Championships um, in two weeks' time. But, guys, speaking of World Championships, the big mm. news is that our movement, our movement for success worked. We should be proud our of uh, 100% of what we did. It had nothing to do with the amazing skills it had everything to do with finishing 16th place at the national championships because it's true. gentlemen Tweaken is in the world championships. Anthony Ooh. Clark, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. congratulations, Anthony. You made it to the world. Come, like, oh, crap. I want to interview you. 
Uh, yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stoked what, for that guy. Yeah, what a I series so of stoked. events. You know, like USA Cycling announces their selections. There's a bunch of raised eyebrows because, uh, you know, Trayvon's kind of injured. Page has been hit or miss. You know, nobody knows what's going to happen. And, uh, yeah, a couple of guys back out. And then the internet campaign starts. And, uh, boy, a lot of people hit it hard, including the, our podcast, um, uh, you know, vouching for for Anthony and uh, for his breed of racing um, and bringing that so, to Europe, introducing it to, uh, to the world. So, so here's the question. Do you think that the actual internet campaign had a lot to do with Anthony Clark being selected, or do you think it's his skills? I bet you it had almost – I bet that was already on their radar. They're like, oh, we should we should invite Anthony Clark. He's won a UCI race. He's got like some pedigree. He's with the Jam Fund. I'm sure they kind of maybe talked to J-Pow. Like, who else do you think? And he's got the. I mean, he's definitely got to have the points, right? I mean, he finished better than a lot. I mean, granted, he got 16th at Nationals, but one you know bad crash can cost a lot. Yeah, 16th at Nationals was actually a, probably a, a poor result for him. I think he would have been hoping for a little better. You know, he did win the Verge Series, um, which is. I know you guys don't care, but it is a huge deal. Um, well, I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of races. Maybe you've heard of some of them, you know, Gloucester, these things. Anyway. I don't know what you're talking about. He should have been on the radar if he wasn't. Uh, I, don't think the, uh, I don't think the internet campaign hurt him at all. It probably, uh, you know, if, if we are to believe that this is a new USA Cycling that listens to the people and cares about uh, opinions and the membership, then then I gotta think the uh, the internet campaign did have a lot to do with it. Well, who, I don't even know who else you would have picked because at that point you already lost Page. He's had health problems. Well, Kerry Warner was Trayvon a, Driscoll. An obvious pick. I don't know if he could go or not. You know, maybe he maybe they asked him and he turned it down. But yeah, um, did, yeah, I'm kind of surprised Warner didn't get the nod in there. Did he not? I don't did know. He, you know, there's lots of dudes, um, you know, that finished. Because he was good at nationals, and he's, you he's know, not name who I ever hear until the end I, of the year. I feel like I expected but. them to go with Krudoff because he's a Colorado guy. <laughs> to be honest, I'm a cynical, but uh, you know, I was, I was happy with the with the redone selections. I thought they made some good picks. Um, I'm excited for everybody. Duran's a good pick. Um, you know, he's getting outshined uh, by the internet spotlight on Anthony Clark, but. Uh, you know, he's also a good yeah. pick. Well, he can he can make it all all the the script flip I'm, if he gets 16th place at the World Championship. Oh my right? god, sure. can you imagine? That would be one hell of a result. So, hey guys, I have another uh, just a little segue. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, what's that? Peter Sagan finished second place today at the Tour it's de San <laughs> Tour San de San Luis. He lost to Fernando Gaviria Rendon of didn't he, uh, didn't Attic's he, Quick Step. Isn't that what happened last year? Had a lot of second places last year. Yeah, probably. So are you trying to say he's on track to repeat for Worlds? Uh, maybe. Okay. Um, oh, hey guys, I got to do uh, uh, just a second. Oh, 63 kilometers remaining in stage two of the tour down under. Adam Hansen has rebuilt his gap to two minutes. Good. Nice. Uh, this is captivating uh, stuff. So... Like all of these races, is there an early season race that you guys even care about? I always like the Tour of the Mediterranean. I don't even know if it happens this year because it's kind of been on and off. I always like the years. 
But I always had that nice that nice last day up Mount Ferron or Faroe or whatever the heck. You could see a, the early season Frenchman go for the win. Like, <laughs> I'm a I'm a fan of uh, the Tour of Langkawi. Yeah. When's that? Back in the day. When is well, that race? It used to be in the spring. I don't even know when it is anymore. Well, my favorite, um, you know, opening season road race, early season road race, uh, you know, to really see who's going well, who's been training in the off season and everything, um, is uh, is the traditional head folk, uh you know. uh, that's that's not a like I'm talking early. I'm talking January, February. Oh well, that's not road season. That's it's not road season. Like, I mean, you know the the tour down under, like maybe Qatar or Oman. Is are those oh. races still going on? Oman, what? Oman. Where? I don't I remember. Mean, one of them's gone. I think the one that had hills and looked interesting is gone. I've never even heard of any of these races. Tour de Langokai, little guy, is uh, in January. If they happen before Head Folk on the so road it calendar, happened or it's happening now? they don't exist. Yes. No, it happens like next week. Uh, there's a lot of good French French races that happen in the south of France. Yeah, you know, so, before Head Folk. Oh, ah, uh, before that, before that. So, oh, guys, like, I can't keep up with all of these races. I try, but like. Tour Just don't. Louis. I stopped trying. I don't know if I'm supposed to watch Tour Down Under. I don't really care because cross road, season's going on. Road season doesn't start till March. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, you're Good not fun. supposed to watch either. This is like a televised training camp. There's no need to watch. Like basically, if anyone's freaking out that Sagan got second, Sagan's not freaking out that he got second. <laughs> this is a he's, parade. He's yeah. like, he's like, oh, that's pretty cool considering a uh, training ride. And yesterday I flew across the world, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. I wouldn't even be able to go for a ride if I'd been on, like, a 12-hour flight from, you know, like, the Czech Republic or something all the way to South America. I would just be out for, like, a week after that. So do you guys want to talk about um, the new and greatest team on the international cycling scene, Russ Velo, getting a Giro I've been a big fan for years. Yeah. I just want you guys to know, I've been a big fan for years, so don't go jumping on the Russell Vela bandwagon now thinking you're all cool. I've been down with them for years. Um, they're into the coolest designer synthetic drugs. Um, they're cool guys. Hey, but uh, do you think that uh, Team Southeast got in because people uh, designed the jersey? Absolutely. I, didn't they get in because didn't they win the trophy to whatever to whatever the Italian series or is that the other Italian team? I mean, the, the only downside of these, uh, I don't, I thought they had like an automatic bit. There's a lot of Italian teams. Okay. Like, yeah, what's crazy I think there's is, a couple is that they did a great job of taking all the teams that have crazy, like, uh, um, like too many names on the jerseys, right? Like the Vinny Fantini team. Like well, how they many, did take the how number many sponsors one. they got? They got DeRosa. They've got so much on there. Then you got Southeast Venezuela, mm-hmm. which is just because the kit with Pipo. So I understand that. And then, of course, everyone's fan favorite, the Bardini CSF team. I mean, mm-hmm. that that team's got some good high-vis day glow going on. I mean, this is the most Italian of all. And, of course, the only reason the Russian squad probably got in is because they ride Colmago. Yeah, they must have paid <laughs> like, somebody a lot of money. That makes sense. Well, what, what do you, you think about the – I don't know if you guys have heard the little rumors going around that, you know – they're basically like a baby 
Katusha team. Right. And now uh, Tim's favorite bike racer from last year, Zacharin, has basically got like a team and a half working for him. <laughs> oh, do you think that? Oh, wow. I've, that... You know, I've heard that. People so saying, hey. You're, this... you're throwing down the collusion gauntlet already. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. I've I've heard other people throw it down. I'm just backing it up. I Interesting. Don't, I don't trust I don't trust Russians. I'm pretty racist when it comes to Russians. Um, <laughs> Jeez. That's that's the American flyers in you coming out. <laughs> they're that's some Kevin. You know Costner. it's true. They're hairier than us. They're much much <laughs> much much hairier than us. If, if American flyers taught me anything, it's that the Russian people could really use a razor. <laughs> At least the Soviet people. They didn't have razors in Soviet Russia. Hey, this is Zach McDonald, DJ of the one and only Louisville Phone Party, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. It's kind of like boring season, because like the cross, season, the cross races are good. We got the so we went from races. silly to boring, just like that. Yeah, That's just, the direct transition to me. Silly yeah, more or less. Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, there's, it's a downtime between. You know, we have a peak for for all the national championship cross races, like U.S. Nats, and everybody. All the other countries out there have their nationals, and then you get worlds. And you're you're after nationals, you're jazzed for worlds, but it's still a couple weeks away, and you've got this downtime in between even though there's there's races and they're good and it's fun to watch plenty good cross races yeah but you're still like you're pumped for worlds and it's and it's not coming soon enough and then then you get the tour down under coming in and you're you start to get confused and depressed that cross is ending and road is starting but it's not exciting yet and yeah it's a it's a weird time of year i mean it is weird and like instead we're we're worried about and we're discussing the lack of the ability of some of our best racers to get to the uh, world championships, right? Mm-hmm. Like in cyclocross. And it, you know, and I know Derek Bouchard Hall talks about how much he wishes we could send these folks, you know, all expenses paid and give them the support that they deserve and need. But man, like, you know, <laughs> we have someone like Emma uh, Swartz who's out there doing a whole like fundraiser um, on a Rally Me uh, website through her Trek team. And they're uh, they're they're fundraising just to get her to go to the USA Cycling Championships. It's crazy to think of, or the the World uh, Championships. It's crazy yeah. to think that we don't have that support. And it's also the punishment of us being on the other side of the world. Um, yeah. I don't think Emma would have had a problem to get to the World Championships uh, in uh, Louisville at the time. You know, instead she goes to Marion University, and uh, you know, in Indiana now she has to get all the way over to Zolder, Belgium, to just race in the U23s. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's obviously considerably more expensive, but it is such a bummer that you get nominated by the to be on the U.S. team, and that doesn't mean anything. That just means you <laughs> you wrote yourself a huge bill um, to go do a race, yeah. which is awesome. Like I would be so pumped to ever make a world's team, but I also wouldn't be able to afford it, and yeah. obviously well, a lot of people well, can't. Was, you know, that was one of the great tweets we saw uh, over the last few days. Was Brad Schoner, who does a lot of the announcing for. Uh, U.S. races uh, tweeted, you know, the USA Cycling should just do the World Selections announcements directly on the GoFundMe, (laughs) which I thought was pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I mean, you know, like, good news is Emma, who's just like a, uh, you know, a collegiate kid, 
she was able to raise all the money that she needed and USA cycling development fund, like matched a thousand dollar donation. So like it got to the $3,000 that she needs. She wasn't asking for too much, but she's going to be able to go. But again, it's like, it's kind of a double edged sword. Cause you want these folks to go. And I know uh, Anthony uh, Clark has got a fundraiser going cause like people want to see them there. Yeah. And so you can crowdsource it, which is nice, you know, chip in 10 bucks to get them there. But, um, you know, it all in. adds up, but it's just like, you know, to get all of those, uh, uh, it's, it's crazy to think about that. We, we are at that level and here we are and you know, individuals are spending six, you know, a thousand dollars on power meters to go, um, race. <laughs> oh my God, guys, I got, I know. We, so you're guys. just saying that if one, if one master, like maybe yourself, um, was willing to like maybe forego a titanium bike or something, then one of these, one of these racers would, would just be able to go. Like all we have to do is get three, uh, 45 plus racers that don't need to train with power to give up their power meters. Um, we could send Anthony Clark to world all right, expenses guys. paid. Look, guy, look, guy, I'm going to interrupt you right there. So I, get I think back, I got a good idea here. I get back yeah. from Scotland. I don't know if I told you last time we talked. It's gonna that be kind of like a Robin Hood thing. I'm gonna steal power meters. I don't know if I. If, <laughs> I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you knew this uh, because you weren't listening while you were out stealing power meters in the middle of the night. Um, I was in Scotland last week, mm-hmm. and I hustled back from Scotland in my brand new. Moot's road bike was completely dialed in and built up at Winter Park Cycles in Orlando, Florida. And I go pick it up because the next day on Saturday, I have a bike ride. And everyone there at the bike shop's like, man, I love your bike. Like, this bike is great. I've never seen a bike this awesome. People are stoked. People are like, hey, I rode it. It's showing up on Strava before I even get to the store because people are like, I did a hot lap on Tim's new bike. Like, pretty exciting, right? And I go there, I pick up the bike, I ride it the next day, it floats over the brick streets, like none of the rattle tin can, I'm very Wait, excited. you have cobblestones in Orlando? Oh yeah, it's all the bricks, <laughs> they, they don't need a plow, there's a lot down here, so, so I, I, may, I fly over the cobbles, I get to the bike shop, I'm ready to like crush it, I go crush it, 60 miles with my buddies, get back to the cafe, I kid you not, I go like ready to show off the new fucking stallion. There's two moots already there in the fucking like <laughs> hot, leaning up against a, a flower box. And I look over to see like the only on their bike group that's around. And these guys are like quintessential 55 plus jacked up stem um, guys that are maybe just doing like 20 miles with their buddies going to have coffee like good for them. But like totally on the doctor program. Of uh, the moot, you mean the doctor moots, program is that the, like a South Florida epithet? Sort of. No, no, no. Doctor program means like they are the doctors. Like, like, oh, like they, okay. their doctor I program thought... is like, hey, let's go ride with buddies and talk about like, you know, what favorite Do- doctor um, stuff. Yeah, I thought doctor that was stuff. Like favorite surgeries. Favorite surgeries or like who's going to be a consultant on who's, uh, you know, next uh, lawsuit to raise the money or or whatever. And like, <laughs> nice dudes, totally rocking the moots. <laughs> And then it was at that moment that it hit me that, like, I may have made a bad decision. You know what I mean? Like, like it hit me like, oh, my God. You made a good decision. You're, here's the thing. Is, Tim, you're going to grow. You're going to grow into the bike. It's like when you were a kid 
and your mom, uh, she put the leash on you. She took you to the store with her, and she made you buy some clothes that were a little too big, and she said, you're going to grow into it, Super Rookie. <laughs> this is funny. She Interesting. called you Super Rookie, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. She I've heard that. Rookie. It's funny the directions we've all gone with our road bike choices. You see, Tim has, has embraced the early masters, the baby masters world with the titanium. Little guy's mm-hmm. keeping it real in his weird... You may be even older masters. The same. I've had the same bike for 10 years. Yeah. Custom <laughs> built steel bike. I've had so the same cables on it. Yeah. But you both got campy, so that puts you both in the crotchety old weirdo uh, category. I have 10 speed square taper centaur. I think we're in a different world. Now, I, yeah. I, <laughs> what I square ch- tapered mean? Yeah, I know. What is square taper? I chose it's the what, carbon bike. It's what bike. track racers use. Yeah. I chose the carbon bike, but I went with the lugged carbon uh, in a classy style of, of time. Um, so, you know, but I do have the Shimano on it. So, you know, I think I'm a little hipper and a little cooler, but still having some, <laughs> some very classy qualities. What hipper and cooler? Come on. There's nothing hipper and cooler than old campy. Always, always the choice. <laughs> It's like that Billy D. Williams ad for Colt Forty Five back in the day. It's like a, it's like there's a guy and he's holding like a old yeah. ten speed lever. He says works every time. Yeah, except for yeah, it's Shimano. <laughs> That's like that is a lame way to try to steal my joke. <laughs> Just saying, but no, <laughs> it's not. But I mean, everybody listening is like, yeah, but it's Shimano, you know. So I'm just saying what oh. everyone's thinking. Oh. Um, (laughs) Uh, Uh, anyways so any greenway stories for us little guy i here's the thing i don't have a greenway story i have two messenger stories for you and they they're they're good um you're gonna like these okay i'm not actually riding the bike during them but i mean i use my bike to get there and they're slightly involved sure first story is from last friday i'm hanging out at the coors can 225 everyone's favorite uh uh, Stanley Cup trophy building in downtown Minneapolis and security guards come over to me I'm sitting in the little atrium reading a book and they're like hey do you have you have that bike out there with the yellow bags on it right I'm like yes I think he's going to tell me that my uh, panniers got stolen or something and he's like well we're just doing a random security check around the building and we test all just anything that's outside for explosives and uh, your bag came up positive for explosives. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. Were you like, it's, I, just, it's just my legs, bro. I got lots of watts. I, so I didn't know what to say. I was like, this, this is insane, right? So I was like, well, um, I can tell you I don't have explosives in my bags. Um, and he's like, well, uh, you know, he's like, the thing... And this is where it gets confusing. He tries to explain to me a little bit what they use to test on the bags. He explains in a very vague way that they use something that is yellow. They have a testing thing that like sprays on, and it turns yellow if there's um, any explosives there, and then it like disappears and dissipates. Well, my bags are yellow. <laughs> so right. they use this thing to test, but the problem is, their uh, their bomb test is foiled by the color yellow. <laughs> so he's 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 like he's like so I'm sure you don't have uh, bomb, any explosives in there, but I 
I just have to, I, you know, I have to, obviously I have to follow up on it. And I'm like, okay, I mean, you want to go look at them? Go wait, for it. Did they, wait, would they want to blow uh, up what, your bike? Was Is he that like, what you're getting like, at? Was he like, no, I want you to go open it up. Well, yeah, so here's the thing. So, yeah, he's, well, he's standing there, and there's another security guy with him who's standing a few feet back, like, radioing in to, like, the, the main office that they're talking to me and, like, mumbling shit into his, like, breast pocket. And this is 220 so, South 6th Street. 225. Yeah. And so I'm like, do you, you know, you just want to go open it? And he's like, well, like, if you could come. And I was like, you need me to open the bag for you. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. All right, fine. So I get up. I get my, put my stuff in my bag. I walk out there with this guy. I open my bags. Did you say, barely... did you say bang really loud just to see if you shit his <laughs> pants? No. But here's the thing is, he didn't get very close to the bag, and he barely looked in. And you guys will remember the way when, like, um, early 2000s, you know, not long after 9-11, you'd go to the Federal Reserve and they would sort of glance in your bag. Yeah. There'd be a guy yeah. with like a machine gun standing at the gate and he'd be like, oh, and they'd like make you open your bag and they'd kind of peek in and we all have bags with like black liners. Yeah. You can't see anything in them. <laughs> and they sort of just look real quick and they're like, okay. And you're like, like it's you fine. didn't look. Yeah. That's what this guy did to me after all this rigmarole about explosives he just sort of barely glanced. And I actually asked him with the second bag. I was like, did you see in it? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, all right, thanks. And they walk away. And I was like, that's so weird. What so if your anyway, bags were full of bananas? Well, obviously, they oh would. Oh, my God. They would not, Dude, that's what if, multiple yellow. Well, here's the thing. What if, like... somebody makes, what if somebody makes yellow bombs that look like bananas? We're all going to die. Because <laughs> they won't know what they are. They'll, they'll say, oh, it tests as a bomb, but it looks like a banana. It must just be a banana. Yep. Um, so that's weird, right? Well, we're all sure, uh, for our, don't worry, anyone listening, um, all our foreign listeners from the UK, our, our UK listener and our, uh, we have a Namibian listener. Um, hey Dan. if, if they're, if they're listening and don't worry, cause the NSA listens to everything that everyone says in the U S so they're already on this. Um, sure oh they're yeah, they're totally it. on this. Look, okay, you're working with paneers now. Fuck yeah, man. I'm old. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been working with, I've been working with the backpack. And the two panniers. That way I don't have to make multiple trips back to our, like, one location in the morning when I get a big pile of shit. Oh, wow. Panniers. Are I you can, the, are the, load you, the panniers, That's cutting edge. Like, who else is bag. rocking panniers? Uh, nobody is right now. Just me. Smart. Well, no, you know, I lie. I lie. I think Fred's got one, but it's full of beer, so he can't put any packages <laughs> in. Fred's always been ahead of the curve, too. Yeah. Caitlin used to have, Caitlin used to rock one. I gotta, I gotta give the news desk love for that. She she had one before. Hey, speaking of news desk, she's not giving us the updates that this news desk is. But Adam Hansen has forty k to go, and he has a two minute gap on the peloton. Why is he going so slow? Yeah, it's not going to make it. They're on a seven kilometer climb right now. And We're not going to be able. I don't know to, if you guys uh, have ever watched the tour down under. It is no. quite. I mean, you guys, race. you guys know the math, right? He needs a minute for every ten k. So he's he has got to, two. He has to have four minutes right now if he wants to survive. Yeah, he's not going to survive. But no. he's at least he's, he's the hometown boy. He's getting some. I mean, some camp. He's going to probably sell some. Probably sell some shoes. Tim's yeah. talking trash like it's a climb that he's on. Uh, like he didn't just climb Mount Everest. What? Come on, you guys know this story, right? He climbed Wait, Mount what? Everest. He climbed like Mount in the Everest? off season. He climbed to the base camp of Mount Everest in the off season and uh, just came back from there and wants to climb to the top of the thing 
next off season or something crazy. <laughs> oh, I was hoping he would do it between the between the Giro and the Tour. You know, take yeah. a couple of Z weeks off the bike and just climb Mount Everest. Yeah, he gave a pretty ridiculous interview about you know his his idea of cross training. He was like, "Yeah, I don't really ride in the off season. I just do other <laughs> completely different stuff, and then I come back uh, and smash everyone." And here he I is like off the front of the the Tour Down Under, one of the world's uh, most grueling and and challenging races, I'm sure. I mean, at this point, it's almost a monument, right? Basically, yeah, it's probably the eighth or ninth monument. I don't even understand. You were it's like you liked Hanson, now you don't like. <laughs> no, no, I like it. I like uh, I like the guy. I'm, I like his I'm shoes. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. His shoes are fine, but I'm more excited about the uh, the wacky unconventional training. I bet I hope he just doesn't even use a power meter. He probably does though. But. I'm sure he does, yeah. But yeah, he was like uh his interview was wacky. He was like, Yeah, so I had an off season and I learned how to do computer programming. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. And then I came back and started racing at the world tour level level again. So yeah. Uh, that dude's awesome. He's a character. <clears throat> I we like need, that guy. We need more of him, for sure. Yes, we do. I like how he does all the Grand Tours. Mm-hmm. How many is he at now? He's at like... I think this 100? is... If he starts the Giro, he's probably at like 14. And that's the record, right? Oh, yeah. In a row? Is it? He's got to keep doing them. I mean, any any team that he's on would be an idiot not to put him in. It's so much press. Yeah, he has to. And he's going to... Yeah, he's going to keep going as long as he can keep riding, I'm sure. And he, you know, he actually gets in moves and 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 yeah. he gets oh, yeah. more it's camera not, time. It's and not like, like he's a wasted a waste of space yeah. like uh, um, so many other uh, <laughs> people. We're not gonna name. We're gonna name names. Should we start naming names? Like who's a waste of space? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the entire Russ Velo team. <laughs> the, the entire Europe car team. Ooh, they oh. don't exist. Direct energy. <laughs> Dude, they're gonna have a good year. They they're are gonna, gonna have a good year. I'm looking for some co-card domination in the sprints this year. I'm, I'm actually, I'm gonna go out and call that shot right now. We're gonna see some co-card domination in the sprints this year. I don't think Kittle will be quite there with the new squad yet. I mean, at least for the first six mm-hmm. months of the road season, co-card. Do so you think Kokard's going to bring the dove of excitement to uh, direct energy? I think he is. I think Buhani oh. doesn't have it. I don't think any of these uh, guys have it. No, oh, Buhani? Buhani's what got about, it. Wait, we're, okay, we're doing the same thing we did last year, which is we talked about all these other sprinters, and then Greipel, like went to the tour and just crushed everything. But right? it was because everyone else we was just hurt. Sort of, were they? Weren't they? When's the I Olympics this year? When's the Olympics? Is that July, after, June? It's right after the tour. Okay, 2016. So, so is Cavendish going to the tour? <laughs> Yeah, no. of course he is. I don't think he is. I bet of course he won't. He is. It's too much he money. Has to. He's gonna. He's gonna want to go do like specific training. Too much money. Has, There's too much money to make there. efforts on the track and then take a break. So, I don't know. Whatever. I th- I I uh, I think I always wanted to say Direct Energy is just gonna do well because just to show up Vodders. Yeah. I think it's all like I think Vodders talking shit about Pierre Roland's former training practices <laughs> is probably the best thing that ever happened to that team. Cause now like Volkler and, uh, and, uh, Concord and, uh, Chavanel are going to come out swinging. Yeah. And Cannondale's going to suck. Like they always do. Dude. I, it's so weird not having Garmin on there anymore. Like, was there even a big announcement that Garmin left? Like, did you guys know this was happening? Did I miss uh, that? I think somewhere? it was rumored. I think it was rumored plenty. Um, I, I think that the, the 
the switch on the kits is the weirdest thing because it's definitely a throwback more to the Argyle, but it's still green. And it's just kind of weird. It's like they listened to our podcast enough to, to understand that green was the color they had to embrace. And then, but it just looks weird. I don't it's, a, it's a strong green. I like that. Yeah. I thought, what I mean, would they, a weak green look like? They well, have... well a, weak, a weak green would be like kind of like um, like the old liquid gas kit. Like kind of this mm-hmm. weird, like kind of, is it green? Is it not? It's kind of weak. Like I like, this green is like, yeah, we're, we're the green team. What what are the colors people are most colorblind in? Because I think, you know, like what are the like? Isn't it red blue or red? It's green? red blue. Okay. Well, that's that's where you should go with your kid. That way, it's sort of like open to interpretation. Hey, it's to still, everybody. Is that how is? Is that kind of what Lampard's going for? Or? Yeah, maybe it's kind of like that. What colors the dress controversy from last year? What colors the kid? What else we got here? We got. I got nothing else. I'm that's done. probably pretty much everything, huh? Yeah. I sort All of right. touched the Russell Vela, but that's well. It's uh. Let's wrap it up then. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we end, uh, we did get uh, four recent um, interview uh, reviews on iTunes that I feel should definitely be uh, read out. First off, great podcast, five stars from T Fawcett twenty eight. Found this via the Crosshairs post, and it is a great mix of racing, bikes, and humor. Thanks, T Fawcett. Yeah. We got a um, solid show from Raccoon twelve. Great podcast for those who are into all aspects of cycling. Hosted by a fat bike curious guy an ex-quasi-bike shop owner guy, and a guy from Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> you read, didn't you read that one last time? Are you just reading that again just to, like, make fun of me? No, we just never, it never made the air. This show will help oh, keep okay. you entertained. Could use a bit more frequent and longer episodes. This podcast is heading somewhere. Thanks, Raccoon12. As, <laughs> I love so, that there's 11 raccoons. So, so Spencer, you're the fat dude. bike curious guy. I'm the ex quasi um, bike shop owner, and you're just a guy from Minneapolis. Um, I would even, say that Spencer is more than curious. He's an owner. He's an owner, yeah. Um, bikes, advice, and BS from ATF Johnny. A bunch of really good cycling info, and then Tim chimes in. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> I like this one. These guys definitely finish on the wide angle podium for cycling podcasts. Ooh. Oh man. You know compliment you know, and an insult in one. You know that's really well done because what was crazy is I actually read that on the air without screening that at all. So like that's just <laughs> thanks. That kinda hurts a little bit. Um hey, ooh. We got a um a four star review here, guys. This is dropping is us down. Our, uh, is that our first four star review? I think it's I think it's our second. Okay. Um, Wolfgang eight four four. I really enjoy your show. Very entertaining, and I love the playful banter. I live north of Milwaukee, and I enjoy the Midwest references from time to time. I'd suggest to take a page from the Two Johns Cycling Podcast. Never heard of it. And no. request listener feedback. I'm sure your audience would love to chime in. Well, we do request listener feedback. Wolfgang eight four four. Maybe if you knew that and listened, you'd be giving us a five star review. You can email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. Or and... hit us up on Twitter at slowridepod. So, you know, I, I will say this, Eric. Uh, thanks for thanks for the comment. And you are correct. The Two Johns podcast is probably one of the uh, better cycling podcasts of all time. And uh, it would be great to get the listenership that the, those guys got at their peak. So, again, always uh, send us your feedback at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com or at the slow ride pod on Twitter. And with that, we'd like to thank Rhyme Sayers Entertainment and their artist BK1 for the intro and outro music. We'd also encourage you to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. And most importantly, 
we want you to wave at your fellow cyclists, no matter what kind of bike they're riding. They're cyclists. Wave. It's not the end of the world when you're doing your interval. And with that, <laughs> get off the road. Yeah, take those bombs out of your saddlebags. <laughs> Just a banana. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Thank <laughs> you.